This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, hey, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Thursday, July the 21st, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you everything in the world of professional wrestling. We bring you all the latest headlines from all the major promotions, so you don't have to. Headlines scours all the major wrestling websites and social media platforms to make sure that you have a comprehensive breakdown of everything that's happening in the world of wrestling. Headlines is here for you. It's a daily free podcast so you can find out what's going on and let you get back to your day. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get to the headlines. Starting off from e-wrestling news, Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour, Colt Cabana will be involved in Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. Now, Colt Cabana's presence has been missing on AEW TV lately, but Tony Khan says he will be at Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. Speaking at today's Ring of Honor media call, Khan said that Cabana is part of their plans and will be involved in the show. In a quote, Khan would say, Colt is part of what we're doing now in Ring of Honor. He was involved in Supercard of Honor, and he's been a great wrestler in the past for Ring of Honor, and I plan to have him involved in the show this weekend. Haven't announced anything yet for the card. We've only put up the championship matches so 
so far, but there's going to be another match as well added. Now, Khan declined to comment on speculation about the relationship between Colt Cabana and CM Punk, which was briefly speculated as a reason as to why Cabana hasn't been used on AEW television. Khan would go on to say that Cabana's presence will be good for Ring of Honor, and in general, I'm always happy to have him around. Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, will take place this upcoming Saturday. With more information on this, continue following E-Wrestling News and Kyle Dunning as he will have more information regarding the new move with Ring of Honor. Also in the headlines Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour, Lee Moriarty wants to grow by fighting the Blackpool Combat Club. Now, Lee Moriarty knows people want him to join the Blackpool Combat Club, but he thinks that he'll grow more by battling him instead. He discussed the topic on muscle memory with muscle man Malcolm. Now, here's what he had to say. The way I look at AEW's groups are this. I'm going to do what's best for my career. I understand everybody wants me to join the Blackpool Combat Club ever since Danielson said my name. And I like to get my style of wrestling out there. I think it would fit well with them. But I also like the idea of growing and fighting against them. If you can't better yourself and you're only teaming with these people, you can only get to a certain place if you're not fighting the best, in my opinion. You only go as far as you can go. Wheeler Yuta is a great example. He continues to grow. He fought other guys repeatedly. He fought John Moxley three times. I think before joining the group, you also saw how he progressed and how he was getting there. I've only had the chance to step in the ring with Danielson twice, Moxley once, Yuta only once. There's a lot more room for me to grow before joining a group like that, but that's not my priority right now. My priority is getting better on my own. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on with Lee Moriarty inside AEW and finding out what his next steps are, continue following Kyle Dunning and he will have more on E-Wrestling News. Britt Baker is making news today. Britt Baker reveals which one of the WWE four horsewomen she would like to face the most. David Esposito is writing in this hour. AEW star Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, recently sat down to discuss which one of the WWE's horsewomen she would like to face. Now, speaking on the Not Just Football podcast with Cam Hayward, former AEW women's champion discussed the women of WWE and who would be a great opponent for her. These are some of her comments. Now, specifically on which of the four horsewomen would be great. When I was first training, I studied every single night of the four horsewomen who were Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. And I always said to myself, any of them would be a dream match for me. I always switched back and forth to which one and why. Maybe right now I'd say Bailey just because she had a really bad injury now and now she's coming back. And if anything like me, a turn a new page. She's the new Britt Baker and when I came back from my injury, I kind of did the same. I had new energy as well. I was new and revitalized for everything. And that's what it's about to come out of her. I would want her. I want to square up against her because it's coming. She's going to be even better than she was before already. Now on why Bailey would make such a great opponent for her. She would once again go on to say, Bailey, a role model, right? Well, I don't think so, but let's see. Bring her over to my side. Cross over to my side, you know. Forbidden door, right? Can she walk through it? I can. Can you? Now, Britt Baker is set to team with Jamie Hayter on this week's episode of AEW Rampage, and Bailey has been spotted training for an in-ring return, which is expected to be in Nashville next weekend for SummerSlam. With more information on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Bailey's long-awaited return to WWE, continue following E-Wrestling News as they will have more information. Bully Ray is making news today. Bully Ray is returning to the NWA, and the tables match has been added to NWA 74. Bully Ray 
Ray will be returning to the National Wrestling Alliance and NWA 74. On Thursday, the company announced that we'll see Bully Ray face off against Mike Knox in a tables match at the pay-per-view. NWA 74 takes place on August 27th and the 28th. Now, here are some of the headlined matches so far. The NWA World Heavyweight Championship match, Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus. In a tables match, which we just announced, Bully Ray takes on Mike Knox. NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship match, Homicide versus Kerry Morton. And the NWA US Tag Team Championship is being reinstated as well. For more information on everything that's going to be happening at the pay-per-view, continue following eWrestling News and they will give you more information. Seth Rollins is making headlines today. Seth Rollins on what he felt wearing his shield gear for his last match against Roman Reigns. Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour. Seth Rollins went old school with his shield gear for his match with Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble and he discussed how it came about in an interview. Rollins donned his old gear against Reigns at the January pay-per-view and talked about the decision during his discussions with Digital Spy. Here were some of the highlights. Seth Rollins was competing against his former Shield mate Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship that night, meaning that he could justify his nostalgia presence as mind games possibly for the match. But he recently revealed to Digital Spy that it was a last-minute decision and, oddly enough, something his mother helped him make. Now on wearing his Shield gear during that match. Fortunately, the event was in St. Louis, which is a short drive from my home in Iowa where I kept all my old stuff. I had a few friends coming to the show, so I had them go ahead, go to the house, and pack it into a backpack. My mom packed it and delivered it to the guys, and they brought it down to the show. It was very warm and cumbersome, so I used to be wrestling without a shirt, and then I got all these layers, the vest, the pants, and all of that. It was warm, very much warm, much warmer than I wanted it to be. Now, on whose idea was it to wear the gear once again? He would go on to say, I actually can't tell you those ideas of who it was. It was more of a collaborative idea. But I will tell you this much, that I can't divulge any of that. That's for a documentary that will be made somewhere down the line. With more information on everything that's going on against Seth Rollins, continue to follow Kyle Dunning, and E-Wrestling News will have more information. NXT is making headlines today. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. Three matches have been announced for this week's NXT episode of Level Up. WWE has announced three matches for tomorrow night's episode of NXT Level Up. We'll see Hank Walker taking on Duke Hudson. Thea Hale versus Brooklyn Barlow, and so much more. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on on the card, continue to follow it, and we will give you more information regarding Level Up in the coming days. Dax Hardwood is making news today. Dax Hardwood talks about how many bumps he takes and how wrestling actually really hurts. Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour. In a recent interview with Webb's Jericho from Fightful, ahead of FTR's rematch with the Briscoes at Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor, Dax Hardwood recalls suffering a torn labrum before his first match between the two teams. He still has lingering issues from that injury. Also, he talks about the impact bumps in wrestling take on his body. Here's what he had to say. Now, on suffering the torn labrum before FTR's first match with the Briscoes at Supercard of Honor. I had a torn labrum right before the match with the Briscoes. I took a suplex on the floor 
and it was very uncomfortable even just to sit after the match to walk or to even to do little things like even to sit down or bend down it would just kill me every match you have i don't care how old you are or how young you are every match is going to take its toll on your body now on the impact of taking bumps in wrestling dax would have this to say well take a move then maybe just a shoulder tackle a shoulder tackle hurts so bad. We'll take this move, and you'll watch us get right back up and smile and laugh. But in my mind, I'm like, I got to go home to my daughter, and that one tackle, that one bump hurts so bad that I won't be able to play with her. So why are we telling these fans that bumps don't hurt? Watch. This ring is springy. It's like a trampoline. No, it's the complete opposite. In fact, everything we do hurts. For more information on Dax Hardwood and how his sentiments about taking bumps in the wrestling world, continue following eWrestling News as we will have more on that story. Stone Cold Steve Austin's making headlines today. Steve Austin says that Vince McMahon tried to stop him using this middle finger gesture. Steve Austin was recently interviewed by Sports Kita. One of the topics of the discussion was Vince McMahon originally trying to stop him from using the middle finger salute in WWE. He also would go on to say how he reacted to McMahon's suggestion to come up with something different. And this is what Austin had to say. It just turns out that it was just the timing. That's really all I had. And it got me a lot. So I said, no, I'm still going to do it to Vince. They want me to come up with a whole different idea or a whole different signal for the audience. Vince was specifically adamant about it because Diamond Dallas Page was giving the diamond hand signal, right? And everybody just knew certain hand signals. And that was really it. Now, on his reaction to Vince originally saying no, he comes up to me and says, can you come up with a different signal that everybody else can do? I looked at him dead in the eyes and said no, and I kept flying the middle finger, and we kept climbing and climbing. We started whooping WCW in the ratings, and we had a hell of a crew, and one thing just led to another. It's nice to see a picture of you and Buddy Rogers, the true icons and great ones of this game. If you'd like to find out more about what Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vincent Grant had to say to one another regarding Stone Cold's very, very controversial finger salute. Go ahead and follow eWrestling News as there will be more information. NWA once again is making headlines today. NWA possibly introducing a new women's championship. Ryan Dunning is writing in at this hour. It's being reported that the NWA is set to announce the new women's championship on NWA Power. Now, PW Insider states that Medusa will announce that the NWA is instituting a women's television championship on an upcoming episode. Now, there's still no word on whether the title will be officially introduced, though the report notes that there has been some discussion around the idea of it being pushed for Allison Kay without her beating the current world's women's champion Camille. Now the title is currently designed by Billy Corgan and longtime belt designer Dave Milliken who has designed championships for WWE, WCW, NWA, TNA and more. The men's world television championship has a lucky seven rule that allows someone who makes seven successful title defenses to cash in for an NWA championship match. This is not yet confirmed whether the women's championship will have the same stipulation or not. For more information on this, continue following Ryan Dunning and Kyle Dunning, and he will have more information over on eWrestling News. The official song has been released before death, before dishonor, and we have some new news on Rocky Romero. New Japan Pro Wrestling star Rocky Romero is now featured weekly guest on AEW's Unrestricted Podcast, and this is what had to be said. New Japan Pro Wrestling Rocky Romero details how a conversation with Tony Khan about Rapungi Vice Tag Team 
opened the door to AEW and New Japan working together. Rocky talks about making his AEW debut on Dark, reuniting with his tag team partner Trent Beretta, and guesting on AEW Dynamite in a match against longtime opponent Brian Danielson. Rocky explains his roles in the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, some of his favorite matches from AEW and New Japan joint event, and his hopes for an upcoming Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. He also remembers his early days in Ring of Honor winning the World Championship Tag Team for the very first time and how happy he was. He knows that Ring of Honor's future and the legacy are now in good hands with Tony Khan. Rocky tells the story behind his eye patch and reveals his favorite song, movie, TV show, and menu item in McDonald's in Japan. For more information on Death Before Dishonor and Rocky Romero, continue following eWrestling News as they will continue with more information. New news on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. As reported earlier in the show, Dr. Britt Baker talked about already which of the four horsewomen she would like to go ahead and face. Now, there's a little bit more. Now, the ratings have come in for last night's AEW's Dynamite episode that had been delayed. Now, AEW star Dr. Britt Baker took to Twitter today to react to the new Supreme Court Supreme Series actions figure that is being featured by Jazzware and that is being displayed at the Comic-Con in San Diego. There's images right now on social media, and if you follow Dr. Britt Baker DMD on Twitter, there are brand new championship belts and new action figures that are of her. Once again, the ratings for last night's AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest have been delayed, so once again, as soon as we get them, we will make sure we report them to you. Continuing on, MLW has added a title match for the new Japan Music City Mayhem event. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. New Japan Pro Wrestling will be holding its Music City Mayhem event on July 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. Major League Wrestling, also known as MLW, sent out a press release today announcing a historical interpromotion bout for the event. We'll see National Openweight Champion Davey Richards defending his title against Clark Connors on the show. Now, you can find out the announcements before over on MLW, but they're very excited about this upcoming pay-per-view. Now, here's the whole card. For the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Championship, Fred Rozier will be taking on Big Demo. MLW National Openweight Champion Davey Richards will take on Clark Connors. In a no-qualification match, John Moxley takes on El Desperado. FTR and Alex Zane takes on TJP and the Aussie Open. Kushida takes on Alex Shelley. Blake Christian takes on Takahashi and Yuma, Fred Yehai, and Umo versus Nayata, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. For more information on all of this, continue following eWrestling News as there will be more about the big event that will be happening in Nashville. Jeff Jarrett making news at this hour. Ryan Clark is writing in. Jeff Jarrett claims that Ric Flair got Jay Lethal fired during the days of TNA. Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo will be teaming up to face against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal for the final time at Ric Flair's last match event, which will take place on July the 31st. Now, during the latest edition of Jeff Jarrett's World My Podcast, WWE Hall of Famer cut a kayfabe promo on Ric Flair to hype the bout. Now, if you haven't caught it live, here is on some of his comments regarding attacking Ric Flair after the press conference inside the parking lot. I came to do a job. I do it every time I step up to the plate. 
Wasn't a lot of reading and research from Derek. He did a hell of a job on this, but we're going to do this podcast so I can assure you I'm going to say some things today that you don't want me to to hear because it's your father-in-law, Conrad, because nobody glosses over Ric Flair. Everybody glosses over nobody, and I mean nobody, will gloss over him anymore. If you want to go for the jugular, let's just go. He is an active alcoholic, and if you want me to go out there, I will just go out there. Now, on what Ric Flair did allegedly to Jay Lethal back in the days of TNA, he would go on to say, Conrad, I tried to help your father-in-law. I said literally, Jay, don't do this. I get why Jay got slighted. Look, if you really want to get right down to it, it's about that someone who took Jay out of a situation. Right now, Jay had a spot in TNA. Well, guess who got him fired back in TNA? Rick, Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff. These were his partners. That's what happened to Jay Lethal. How Ric Flair got Jay Lethal exactly fired? This is what was said. Because he came begging for a job in TNA. Because he had 18 wives, 3,000 payments he had to make, and Uncle Sam was breathing down his throat. He had a wonderful retirement match in Orlando at WrestleMania, and all of a sudden he's going to come back and say, Hey, I want a job. I want to talk about the egomaniacs over here hulk hogan was debuting on january 10th of 2010 and then rick's gonna start in the same night how much sense does all of this make if you'd like to find out more about what jeff jarrett had to say not only about rick flair but his devious ways during the time during tna continue following e-wrestling news and more information will come out Alex Hammerstone is making news this hour. Ryan Clark reveals Hammerstone whether he believes the MJF AEW situation is a work or not. During a recent appearance on the Cafe de, de, Cafe de Rene with Rene Dupree podcast, MLW heavyweight champion Alex Hammerstone commented on the ongoing situation between MJF and All Elite Wrestling and whether he believes it's a work or it's a shoot. Now, on MJF's situation, whether it's a work or a shoot, Hammerstone would go on to say in a quote, I don't have the inner scoop. All I know is it's something that's kind of a giant work. It's something that's going to be part of something bigger because there's a certain point when you get to it. Everything does seem very real. I know there were some legitimate real frustrations there and some real tension, so I don't know exactly what point we were at at that time. I don't know exactly, but as far as my opinion, the whole situation... I have mixed feelings because in one way, you know, the way things have been said, I hate it when fans try to talk bad about a company or a wrestler just to get social media parade to support them. I just don't know. At some point you have to say, okay, this is got to be something they can agree upon. And if you sign a contract for $100,000 and you feel like you've done enough and you become a $200,000 wrestler, well, that's part of the gamble you take when you sign that first contract. Then a year later, now you may only be worth $50,000, but you got paid $100,000. So it's just the decisions that we make. So one hand, that's how I feel. Now, on the situation with MJF, he says, MJF case is a little bit different because he was like, he's there. And when he's there, there's ratings. Here's the thing. He sells things. He's there on every segment interview. He makes a big difference in dollar signs. Like, 
what are the exact people above him getting paid? Is it five or ten times more than he is? Just because where they came from? So I don't think he's one of the best, but I don't think like he's not just some rather other dude either. I like the dude. He's a fantastic wrestler. And everybody is thinking the same that wants to wrestle with him. If you'd like to find out more about what Alex Hammerstone had to say, Ryan Clark has this article trending now over on eWrestling News. Tony Khan reveals that he had several wrestlers on his AIM buddy list back in the day. Wrestling, E-Wrestling News is writing, Well, it's well known that Tony Khan over the years and even growing up was a big fan of pro wrestling. In his current role in AEW, however, he also remembers what it was like back in the early days of the internet when you had AOL Instant Messenger and a buddy list. Speaking to Bustin' Open Radio, this is what Khan had to say. You know, Lou Thez had an AOL account. He was on my buddy list. And when Lou Thez would pop up, I would talk to him the entire time. He was really nice to me. Brian Pillman Sr., DDP, who I obviously talked to as well. And in fact, to this day, a lot of other wrestlers as well. Now, AOL Instant Messenger was popular many years ago, but ultimately fell by the wayside by the public eye. The service eventually ended and shut down permanently in 2017. For more information about Tony Khan, continue following eWrestling News as more information will come forward. Mercedes Martinez is making news today. Mercedes Martinez says, I'm glad to have the opportunity to build Ring of Honor and work on their women's division. Ahead of Saturday's Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view, Ring of Honor world champion Mercedes Martinez took time to speak with NBC Sports Boston. Now, Mercedes Martinez on what fans can expect to see at Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. She would go on to say, and I quote, It's like a rebirth, if you really think about it. It really is. Going back from the old days of Ring of Honor to the potential of what the new Ring of Honor can also bring. It's something exciting. It's something that I'm glad to have the opportunity to be a part of and to build the women's division under me and mold the division as I can. But man, if you're looking at me and Serena, Serena and I have battled and we've had our feuds, and this is going to bring a new era to women's wrestling. If you're looking for it, if you're looking for high flying, we definitely don't high fly. If you're looking for technical and submissions, we're athletes. We're also wrestlers. And that's what Ring of Honor really encompasses at this time. Pure wrestling in its form. Now, on her Ring of Honor Women's World Championship match against Serena Deeb this weekend, she would go on to say, and I quote, You're looking at chain wrestling and submissions. Anything technical, of course, you're looking at power and a sense of those big moments that you want to take. But I think for me and Serena, we're going to be taking this thing very seriously. We're going to go in there, showing the world that what women wrestlers can do. We're going to put the emphasis on the wrestling because that's what it's all about. It's all about mainstream being able to handle actual two wrestlers putting on a wrestling match and still be entertaining and everyone still being in the mix. So the women can go ahead and bring it still. This is the building block of what we can do in the new Ring of Honor women's division. For more information on Mercedes Martinez, continue following eWrestling News as more information will be coming forward. Brian Pillman is making news today. Brian Pillman Jr. reveals how badly he wants to compete in next year's Owen Hart tournament. Now, Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour during a recent appearance on the Counted Out with Mike and Tyler podcast. AEW star Brian Pillman Jr. commented on not competing in the inaugural Owen Hart Foundation tournament this year and wanting to be in it next year. Now, on not competing in it this year, 
I'll go ahead and say it straight up. I wish I had been in it. I wasn't too upset at first. Obviously, there's a lot of great talent in there and a whole lot of people who can take me to the next level. I know that Tony just wanted to put together some great matches. Looking back, I wish he had viewed me in a better place for me because maybe it had been a no-brainer in my opinion. I guess I take that kind of stuff to heart when I should have worked harder or been a better singles athlete at the time. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the case and I wasn't picked. Now, no one else in the tournament having a connection to the Hart family, he would go on to say, it is kind of a shame because there was no one in the tournament to really represent the connection to the family. There wasn't anybody that I can actually think of that had a direct connection. It just makes me hungry and more ready for the future and the next time. Now, on how badly he wants to be in next year's tournament, he would go on to say, I've been training very hard for next year's tournament already. I'm so beat up, and I'm not going to be able to do everything that I used to be able to do. I just got back from wrestling in Calgary for Bret Hart and his son's Dungeon Wrestling. They're starting it back up. Wonderful little promotion. The amount of people out there to see me and meet me made me feel so proud and connected to the city of Calgary and their family. In a way, I felt like I let them down by not being in the tournament. A lot of people would ask me, why are you not in the tournament? And I really couldn't blame anybody asking me about it, but I guess I just wasn't ready. I don't know. It's pro wrestling. And everything is put up to tell a good story and entertain people, and that's just what I have to understand. For more information on Brian Pillman Jr., continue following E-Wrestling News, and more information will be coming forward. Ex-WWE Superstar says he was never contacted for an Ezekiel Elias updated storyline. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour for E-Wrestling News. During a recent appearance on the Straight Talk Wrestling podcast, former WWE Superstar Aaron Stevens, also known as Damian Sandow, commented on the ongoing Elias Ezekiel storyline Fans speculating that WWE would be going back to bring him back to portray the role of Elias and more. Now, on why WWE was not contacting him about being a part of the storyline. No nasty rumors. They have never contacted me, and I've never contacted them. It's kind of like that. Okay, the chapter of my life there is done. I'm over. I'm moving forward. I don't know if they did ever contact me or want to. I would have had much interest in doing it. I think I'm just doing other things right now. Other things that have my attention I'm focusing on. Even in wrestling right now, the NWA is great because it's kind of a blank canvas and that we can paint on. It's actually really common to see that nowadays in the business. To me, it's always been more about an art as far as getting wrestling over and trying to learn how to sell. It was always like, you got to get the people out of their seats and everything that like that. Well, I still can do that. But because I decided to take a couple of years off, I stepped back to the wrestling business. And thanks to Billy Corgan and NWA, I've acknowledged that there's some things that I would love to do, but I'm just having fun with seeing everybody in a great mood and happy to speak to one another. If you'd like to find out more about what Damian Sandow had to say, continue following Ryan Clark as he will have more information trending on this over on eWrestling News. XWWE NXT UK referee discusses pay and contract issues. Ryan Clark is writing at this hour. Former WWE NXT referee was a recent guest on the Coldaholic on Deserted Island Graps podcast to discuss her issues regarding NXT pay. Now, Artemis commented on what had happened when she was offered a new contract to stay with the company. Here are some of the things. On NXT referees paying, being paid, 
being an issue. I'm going to be very blunt and honest when I say this. The pay, the pay is a big issue. I never earned as little money as I did in WWE, which I never thought I would say. I thought it was going to be a full-time job that was going to be great. I took a massive pay cut from being a teacher to being a referee, which is weird considering you're on TV every week and you're in several countries. During my two years under contract, almost a year without a contract, in two years under contract, I offered to do other jobs to help increase my pay, but I was told that there was nothing else that I could do for the company. Now, what not happened when she was offered a brand new contract? She would go on to say, just before my contract expired, they offered me a new tiered contract. When I asked what the pay was going to be, they said it was going to be the same. I said, I can't do that. I've got a mortgage. I have to take care of my mom. I can't stay on this little money. It's a shame, but I need to take care of my family. They extended my contract for two months, hoping I would be able to renegotiate. Then they would come back to me. I was supposed to do one last camp at the end of April, and they called me just a few days before to tell me, we don't want to extend your contract anymore. We have nothing better for you. There's no need for you to come next week at all. I thought that was really shitty. I had always told the wrestlers, the crew, my friends, my family, my referees, that I was really, really highly regarded, and I really wanted to get a new contract. But all we had was that one opportunity, and I never got to go back to that camp to complete it either. Probably even to get to say goodbye to everyone. I enjoyed. I was also on a 96 WWE matches, and the last camp would have brought me to 100. At least, I'm a little OCD about numbers, she would laugh. If you would like to find out more about what happened with a UK referee and the discriminatory pay that maybe she felt she wasn't getting according to the other referees, definitely check out this article right now over on eWrestling News. Veera Mahan is making news today. Veera Mahan discusses the very long wait for his arrival on WWE, Monday Night Raw, and more. Ryan Clark writes it in this hour. WWE superstar Veera Mahan recently spoke with The Daily Star to discuss the long-awaited debut, which took place on May 23rd's episode of Raw. Now, as you know, WWE aired numerous Veera's coming vignettes for months before his eventual departure debut. Additionally, Mahan commented on the recent tweaks to his character and so much more. Now, on the long await debut, at the end of the day, I'm human as well. I waited and I waited and there was a lot of frustrating that was coming out of me as I waited towards my work. I would watch clips of all the other superstars and educating myself on everything about them, but I never let that bother me. I just let it motivate me even more because this isn't my first ride. Coming back from track and field to baseball and now coming to here. On his character change on television, he would go on to say as well, Why say so much about what you have to get done, right? The way it works is we do what we need to do. The reaction in the sport has been great from everyone here. They're trying to do a show about the world that Veer Mahan is in. And it's not just a scary guy that walks around the ring. We're also trying to get our audience to know that Veer is not just a beast and an angry man, that he has other sides too. That's why the world got to tune in to see more of what is going to be happening next in the progression of my character. For more information on Veer Mahan, definitely check out Ryan Clark's article that is trending right now over on E Wrestling News. Claudio Castanoli is writing in at this hour. 
He reacts to Tony Khan giving him a big hug at the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door Media Scrum. During a recent appearance on the 10 Count Podcast, AEW star Claudio Castagnoli commented on AEW President Tony Khan giving him a big hug at the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door Media Scrum, his reaction to it and more. Now, on his reaction to the hug from Tony Khan, it's so strange because that was the Forbidden Door, the press conference. It was really like, what? I'm getting a really quick big hug? And then it was done. And then I was like, wow, that didn't last long. And I was like, wow, when you see your friends out there and they're giving you high fives and then a pat on the back and then a hug. And then all of a sudden, I guess people just ran with it. It's just a few pro bro hugs. Now on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view and being at the event annually, I think it was very successful and I think it's a very smart and successful attempt to introduce American fans that may not see so much of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it's only good for both companies to have a working relationship and hopefully this will become a yearly thing. The other part is kind of fun as well. We all have cold matches but then there's this the allure. It's one of those things that you can have your favorite AEW wrestler and a favorite New Japan wrestler and people always ask what's your favorite dream match of all time or who's your favorite opponent for this person or that person. So many opportunities are available. For more information on what Claudio Castagnoli had to say about AEW, The Forbidden Door, and Tony Khan, continue following eWrestling News as more information will be forthcoming. Road Dog is making headlines at this hour. Kyle Dunn is writing in. Road Dog criticizes the cage moment during AEW's Dynamite main event. Now, the bearded, wired everywhere match, barbed wire everywhere match on last night's AEW Dynamite show drew some attention for the wrong reasons. The Road Dog had chimed in with his own criticism. The match closed out last night's Fighter Fest Week 2 themed Shark Week episode and had been drawn both praise and criticism for its violence. He had a different conclusion in his mind. The WWE Hall of Famer posted on Twitter last night in reference to ring announcer Justin Roberts' microphone being wrapped in barbed wire, in reference to the fact that Ty Conti wasn't able to open the shark cage to free Jericho Appreciation Society. However, he also drew attention to some positive things as well. If you'd like to find out what exactly those are, continue to follow eWrestling News and follow The Road Dog on social media. Cody Rhodes is making news at this hour. Cody Rhodes reacts to winning an ESPY award for best WWE moment. Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour. Cody Rhodes won an ESPY award on Wednesday for capturing the best WWE moment of the year. This is from his return at WrestleMania 38. In WWE Digital Exclusive, Rhodes discusses the reaction to winning the award. He also talks about returning and the best decisions he's made in his wrestling career while he was teasing that everyone, everyone should have a moment and an opportunity to win an award much like an ESPY. For more information on Cody Rhodes, continue following eWrestling News, and there is more information on the following. Kevin Durant and WWE to invest in the Premier Lacrosse League. Kyle Dunning is writing in at this hour. Bloomsburg is reporting that WWE and NBA star Kevin Durant's venture fund has invested in the Premier Lacrosse League as it continues its expansion. The league was created in 2018 and is now valued at twice the previous 
round amount as of June of 2021. WWE and Kevin Durant's 35 Ventures may join together as well in some sports entertainment dealings with billionaire Joe Tice, actors, sports partners, and others in the media and professional business to invest in the premier lacrosse league. For more information on this, continue following E-Wrestling News and Kyle Dunning as he will have more information on this. That's going to be the headlines for today, Thursday, July the 21st, 2022. Remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that gives you everything you need to know in the world of pro wrestling without having to go ahead and scour the wrestling media websites. That's going to do it for Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and I will catch you on the next episode of Headlines. The world of MLW Radio never stops.